Sea of Galilee was foretold back, in, and Jesus told them this was going to happen back in, in the book of Mark, and we'll, we'll look at that this afternoon. Uh, we'll finish the rest of the book of John uh, in the afternoon service. But, but uh, uh, he told them that he would meet them here after he had died and risen again, but this wasn't the first time he had met with, with the, the apostles. Uh, uh, he met with them in the upper room uh, uh, shortly after his resurrection. Uh, then a week later, when Thomas was there, uh, Thomas was the one who hadn't seen him. And in fact, that he didn't believe when the rest of the disciples told him that they'd seen him. And he said, remember, he said, I, I need to put my hands in, his, in the holes in his fingers. I need to put my, or my, my hand in his side where they, they speared him. And, and then a week later, guess what? Jesus was there. And Jesus said, here are my hands, Thomas. Now, thankfully, Thomas didn't actually do that. It even required that. He fell to his knees then and began to worship the Lord. But this is the third time that they've seen Jesus. I want you to, 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 to think about this. Uh, this has been a, 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 a long a period of time for them. Uh, this has been a very difficult period of time for them. Uh, in fact, the, the past, uh, what is it now, three or four months, we've been reading through or, or preaching through the, the book of John. And, and, and so we spent much time. We didn't go through the whole book. We, we really looked at the, the, the last kind of half or three quarters of the book of John. But most of that is covers just the last week or so of, of Christ's life, his death, and then his resurrection. Uh, but, but the reason John does that is because he focuses a lot on who Jesus was and what Jesus taught the disciples. He taught them to love one another. He, uh, in that last week, uh, uh, that was one of his greatest, greatest uh, teachings. He taught them to serve one another. Uh, he told them, he prepared them. He said, this is the hour. This is the time that I'm going to die. They, they, he told them that and they did didn't believe it. Uh, they didn't believe it. Uh, they, they, they denied it. In fact, the Bible says that, that uh, Peter vehemently denied it. He says, no, Lord, it will not happen. Because they expected Jesus to be the, the Savior. Uh, when I say the Messiah, they, they expected him to, to, to rule on an, as, as an earthly kingdom. Uh, but, uh, but that's not what happened. Last week we looked at, the, at, at Pilate as he presented the man, uh, Jesus, to the multitudes. And we looked at Jesus for who he was. We looked at him as the Son of God. We looked at the, the agony that he spent on, on, uh, as he died on that cross. And then the glory as he rose again. And my goodness, praise God, I am so thankful for the book of John. Because the Bible tells us that it was written that we might believe that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. How many of y'all believe that? Amen. Well, so did they. They were there with him. They walked with him for three years. But when he died, they forgot what he had said. They forgot that he was going to come back. They, they, were, they were afraid. They were, they, were, they were frightened. In fact, the first time Jesus appeared to the disciples, he said, fear not. Well, why? Because they were afraid. They were hiding in the upper room. Uh, uh, they, they didn't know what was going to happen. In fact, they, they still uh, are unsure of what's going to happen. But Peter particularly is, is struggling. If you, if you remember, well, this is one part that I skipped as we went through the book of John. Uh, but Peter particularly uh, didn't just... Uh, they all left forsook Christ. But Peter particularly uh, offended Christ in his denial. He was the outspoken one. He was the one when Jesus said, I'm going to die. He said, oh, no, you're not. And he says, you're all going to forsake me. He says, they might, but I will not. I'll die for you. And Jesus reminded him and said, no, you're going to, uh, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. We, we read it last week as, as, as uh, he was arrested uh, and taken uh, before the, the Sanhedrin. Uh, we, we, it, we read the, the, the verse that says that, that uh, when he denied him for the third time after uh, having sworn and said, I do not know the man. He raised his eyes and Jesus 
Their eyes connected. And the Bible says that he went out and he wept bitterly. A man who, who, who swore he loved God, who swore he would give his life for Christ, uh, who swore he would, he, would, he would serve with him and, and he, would, he would be by his side, ran away. He wasn't even there when he died. John was there. And while, while they, they, had all, they had all forsook him, but John was the one who had, who had followed most closely. John was the one who described himself as the one whom Jesus loved. He was the one who had his head upon the breast. And listen, he was there when Jesus died. Because Jesus looked down at his mother and he said, Mother, behold thy son, referring to John. And John, uh, he said to John, son, behold thy mother, asking that John would take care of her from that point on. Uh, he, he, he took care of Mary. Why? Because he was there. Because he loved him. But Jesus, or, but, but Peter loved Jesus too. And, 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 and he's, now he's bearing in his, in, in his mind the, the, the guilt, this, this burden that he's carrying of, of the denial of Christ and all this taking place. And yes, they've seen him and he knows he's alive. He saw them. They've worshipped him. They've spent time with him twice now. But I want you to see the problem here in verse 1. Chapter 21, after these things, and these things are the, all that's taken place now, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself, verse 2, there were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go fishing. We're going to look here, first of all, at the pitiful, this pitiful servant of Christ. See, uh, Peter was a man who very often uh, put his foot in his mouth. He was, he was always mentioned uh, being close to Christ. He was always, uh, anytime uh, it talked about Jesus going somewhere, there was always Peter, James, and John, right? Uh, uh, they were the three closest to Jesus Christ. I believe Peter was, uh, was the closest. Peter was the one who was the leader of all the others. Uh, uh, and so, so, uh, so he, when we talk about the, this pitiful servant, we're talking about uh, a man who was now struggling with, although he had led all the other disciples, although he was close to Christ, uh, he had this uh, insecure uh, thinking process, this insecure rationale that was going through his mind as, as, as yes, they, uh, they've seen Jesus die, they, 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 his body was buried, he's been resurrected, they've seen him. And even though he's been called to follow Jesus, even though he's been called to become a fisher, a, a fisher of men, that he was no longer a fish for fish, uh, he was a fish for men, uh, this, this thought process, this, this guilt that he's carrying because of the mistakes that he has made, the, the, the struggle that, that he's going, uh, he's there with the other apostles, and he says, you know what? I'm going fishing. Now, you and I might say we're going fishing. But he wasn't talking about just going out to cast in a line and get some fish. He wasn't, he wasn't just trying to relax. I don't know about you, uh, I like to fish to relax. I don't catch many fish because I'm not much of a fisherman. Uh, uh, my, my kids are better, fish, better at catching fish than I am. Uh, it's uh, good for them. Uh, for, for me, it's just a time of just relaxation. I'll sit, I'm sitting there. I don't expect to have to take any bait off my hook or put any more bait on my hook because once it's in there... Nothing's going to bite it. Uh, it's just a time of, of rest and relaxation for me. Uh, my kids, on the other hand, especially Elijah, he loves to fish. Uh, in fact, we took him out fishing a couple years ago. We went out and stayed, on a, stayed in, a, in, a, in a log cabin right on, on I think it's Lee 
pond or a pond up in Lee. Uh, it was a big, big, massive place. My goodness, we went out and I couldn't, I didn't even have time to, to, to pick up my fishing pole. It was bait us hook, take off a fish. Put more bait, take off the fish. It was just, a, for 15 minutes, he caught like 12 fish. I, I literally did nothing but take, it drove me nuts. That's not how I fish. But listen, that's not what Peter was talking about. He wasn't talking about, hey, let's just go catch a line. Uh, uh, listen, he wasn't even just saying, hey, I'm hungry, let's go get some fish. Because sometimes fishing is a way to, to feed yourself, right? If you, if you don't have anything, if there's, no other, there's nothing else to eat, you can go out and, and, and cast in a line and catch fish. But that's not what they were talking about. Peter was a fisherman. That was his. That was uh, the, the the life that he grew up in. That was the career that he had, that he was. They they, they owned boats. They they, he, they were in business together with uh, James, uh, him, him and his brother, uh, and and uh, James and John. They were in business together, and, and they, they were, that was everything. And the Bible says they forsook their nets. Why to follow Christ? It was a family business. They forsook the uh, the father. Uh, they left their father with the nets. They left the father with the boats. But but here Peter went back fishing. Why? I don't know, something tells me that the guilt that he carried because of the mistakes that he had made. How could I ever serve God? How could God ever use me? That's what I've done. See, his, 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 his rationale, his insecure, his insecure thinking caused him to, 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 to make a, an inexcusable return back to, to what he had, had done before. And listen, there are so many Christians out there that, that are so caught up in the mistakes that made, they made. You've all admitted that you've made mistakes. And sometimes our mistakes are pretty big. See, well, God can never use me. I'm just going to go back to the, the old life. I'm going to go back to what I wanted to do. I'm just going to go back and be me. Listen, God didn't save you to be you. He saved you to be the one he chose you to be, the one he, 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 he cleansed you to be, the one he made you into. The Bible says that, that to put off the old man and to put on the new man. Because Why? Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it tells us that, that, we, that all the old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. But how many times do people go back to that old life? I'm just going to dabble in a little bit. I, you know, I, 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 made too, I made a mess of this. People will walk out of church. They'll leave the church uh, never to come back. Why? Because they, they made a mistake. And listen, they think, I can't ever go back. And they'll be afraid to go back because they're ashamed of, of, of what everybody else might say. They're ashamed. Yes, you made a mistake. But can, can I tell you this? God loves you. And God has mercy. And God wants you to come back. Not, to, not just to Fellowship Baptist Church. It's not about coming back to this particular church. God wants you where he wants you. It's about coming back to him. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. But that, that thinking process can, can, can cause us to go farther and farther away and, and, and get more and more in deeper trouble. And listen, that's going to cost us. And it's going to cost some other problems. It cost some problems here for the apostles. Because it wasn't just Peter's mistake. He says, Peter says, I go fishing. But, but his, his, his decision to go fishing influenced the other apostles. Not all of them, but, but notice what it says here. It says there in verse 1, it says, verse 2, it says, There were together Simon, Peter, you have Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel of Canaan and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, that's two more, and two other of his disciples. So six, uh, the, the two others that weren't named. And they said, we'll go with you. They all forsook Christ. 
Listen, they all had made the same mistake, but Peter had made the, the, the gravest of mistakes. And, and he was supposed to be their leader. In fact, they followed him in many, in many, in many areas uh, of their life. And when he chose to take the wrong path, when he chose to, to leave uh, what God had called him to do, uh, and he went back to the old path, can I tell you, they followed right with him. How many times when people walk away from the faith, do you see others who are watching them walk away too? And can I tell you, the, the, the worst times that happens is it's going to be somebody who's in a position of, of authority or in a that others are looking up to. Uh, you know how many uh, Christian, mu Christian musicians uh, have walked away from the faith and have caused the downfall of so many of our young people to walk away because, well, the, here's this person that I have been idolizing and saying they are a man of God or a woman, a woman of God, and now look at them. They're people. They're just people. Don't, don't put any man up on a pedestal. Don't put any pastor up on a pedestal. The Bible says to mark those who follow Christ and to follow them as they follow Christ. But as soon as they turn from Christ, mark them and, and stay away from them. His, his, his poor choice influenced the other apostles, the other disciples, and they all went out fishing. And I want you to notice that uh, not only uh, did they go out fishing, but uh, they, they, they were completely ineffective at it. I don't, every time I've read about Peter fishing, it was never really good unless Jesus told him to go fishing. How many times did Jesus have to tell him to cast in the net? Three times. There are three different, three different accounts where Jesus told them to cast, cast the net in and, 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 uh, and they caught a, a, a multitude of fishes. And every time, well, how many have you caught on your own? Well, nothing. <laughs> Again, these, were, these weren't men who didn't know how to fish. This was their livelihood. Uh, they, they went out and they, they, were, they were going back to work. They, they had left everything behind and, and here they are. They got the boat, they got their nets and they've caught nothing all night long. Can I tell you, if we're going to, if we're going to choose to, to go back to how we used to be, our life is going to be spiritually ineffective. We will be unfruitful, uh, unabounding in the works of the Lord. And that doesn't mean you've lost your salvation, because can I tell you, they did not lose their salvation. They were still Christ. Remember in John chapter 17, when he's praying for his disciples, he said, I've only lost one, and that one was never saved in the first place, because, because we always knew that he was going to be the one to, to betray Christ. We're talking about Judas. But you've helped me keep the others. They're still kept. They just walked away for a little while. Can I tell you, there isn't a, ch a child of God in this place that isn't in the same danger that you can't make a mistake and walk away for a while. You can't stray away from the word of the Lord. You can't stray away from what God has called you to do. God has called all of us. You go through the different callings uh, when Jesus said, follow me. And listen, he calls everybody to salvation. Uh, uh, that is something that uh, he says, come unto me, uh, all you that labor, for I will give you rest. He wants you to follow him. But not only that, uh, once you're saved, he wants you to follow him and be his disciple. And to learn of him and to, 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 to draw closer to him and to be, to be who he's called you to be. And then he called the apostles to become fishers of men. In fact, he told Peter the last time he did this, where he, dipped, uh, where he uh, the miracle of the fishes, he said, you're no longer going to catch fish, but you're going to catch men. So, so uh, there's a calling of salvation. There's a calling to be his disciple. There's a calling, a calling to, to, to serve. But can I tell you, in this next, in the, the last second half of the chapter, or we'll talk about it this afternoon, there's another calling. He's calling to Peter for something further. 
something beyond the other disciples. Can I tell you, God has a purpose for each and every one of your lives, and his desire is for you to serve it. And even if you've wandered away, even if you've made a mistake, God still has that purpose lined up for you. Don't say God can't use you. Don't say that God cannot, God, can I help you to overcome those things? Can I tell you the mercy of God and the, 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 uh, the long suffering of God is, is, is tremendous. I appreciate the fact I wouldn't be here otherwise. I'd be laying in a gutter somewhere. I'd be dead somewhere, buried, buried underneath a tombstone if, if, if that was the case. Because I walked away from God. I praise God for his mercy. The Bible says they're new every morning. Every morning. The ineffective results, uh, uh, they went out fishing and they, they caught absolutely nothing. And listen, there's nothing more frustrating than, 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 than not being successful. And listen, your idea of success and God's idea of success are two different things. Man's idea of success is power and money and fame and fortune and, and, and influence. God's idea of success is faithfulness. And that was the one thing in which they were not, they were not faithful to what God had called them to do. So we see here first the pitiful servant. Secondly, I want you to see the, the patient Savior. The patient Savior. Uh, look uh, again uh, back there at verse 1. It says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples. So why is that important? They all forsook him. <laughs> They, they, when, 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 when Judas betrayed him and, and Peter had taken out that, uh, that sword and cut off Malchus' ear and, and, and Jesus put the ear back on and healed him, they all ran. All of them. The Bible does say that Peter and John followed afar off. Now, we don't know how, how close John ever got. He was close enough to be there when, when, Judas, or when Jesus was crucified. But they all forsook him to, to some extent or another. But God in his mercy and God in his grace showed up not just once, not just twice, but now a third time. He revealed himself to them three times after his death, after his resurrection. They saw him three times. And then look at verse, uh, verse 4. But when the morning was now come, they've, they've all, not only have they forsaken him, but now they've gone back to their previous life. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. If you're in the process of walking away from the Lord or, or struggling in your Christian walk today because of mistakes that you've made or, or you're beginning to wander away, can I tell you, Jesus is standing on the shore. He doesn't want to see you go any farther. He doesn't want to see you make another mistake. He doesn't want to see you to deny him again. He's there waiting to call you home. He's there waiting to say, why don't you come home, son? Go back to the parable that Jesus told of the, uh, we, we call it the, uh, the uh, prodigal son, but it really is more about the father uh, than it is the son. Uh, the young man who, uh, who, who takes his, uh, his inheritance from his father and uh, goes out and spends it on riotous living until he runs out of money and the family's in the land and he's, he's, he's eating, he's eating uh, the, trying to eat uh, uh, what the, the pigs ate as he worked for a farmer. That's, that's all he had. He was living in the mud and eating those things. He said, you know what? Even the servants in my, in my father's house, they, they have plenty enough bread to eat. Uh, I ought to go back. And on the way back, he, uh, he, he 
talks about how uh, he's preparing this, 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 the, his, his, his uh, speech when he gets back. I know I'm not worthy to be your son. I just want to be your servant in hopes that his father might have mercy. But the Bible says his father was out, out working in the field. And when he saw him afar off, that tells me he was looking for him. He saw him afar off. He ran, wrapped his arms around him, and picked him up. Why? Because he was standing there waiting for him. James says, draw nine to me and I'll draw nine to you. If you're away from the Lord, if we're away from the Lord, if, uh, even if it's a, uh, it doesn't matter whether it's 200 yards or, or half a mile down the road, God is waiting there for you to come home. His desire is for you to be with him. He says, draw nine to me and I will draw nigh unto you. Jesus standing on the shore, patiently waiting uh, uh, for, for, the, for, the, uh, for the apostles to see his timely appearance. Uh, they go out fishing, and he's standing there on the shore in the morning after they've labored and, done, and, and not been able to uh, do anything whatsoever. Uh, next we see uh, his tender affection and how he responds to them. It says there in verse, in verse, uh, verse uh, 5, it says, Then Jesus saith unto them, Now, by the way, they don't know it's Jesus yet, uh, but uh, verse 5 says, Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? Notice how he's, he's talking to them. He's talking to them tenderly. Uh, he's, uh, he, they, they don't understand who it is just yet, but he's referred to them as children. As, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a term of endearment. Uh, 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 they may have thought he was an older man looking to see if there was some food that, they, that he could purchase off of them. They didn't know just yet. Uh, but he says, children, do you, do you have any meat? He spoke to them tenderly. Listen, uh, tenderly the Spirit's calling you. If, you're, if you've wandered away from the Lord, uh, the Holy Spirit whispers in your heart, come back. Can I, let, let me just say this, you may be here and you may have never left, but that doesn't mean that your heart is here. And when I say here, I don't mean here physically in this place, but I mean with Christ. Because you can be present at church every Sunday, and you can, you can, uh, you can uh, be present, uh, uh, you can be present uh, uh, in ministry, but if you're not present in your daily walk with the Lord, you've wandered. God doesn't desire a servant. God desires, and God made you a son. He made you to have an intimate relationship between you and Jesus Christ, your, your, your spiritual brother. He, he, he made you to have a relationship with, with him, the Father. The Bible says in 1 John, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. He says, my little children. It's a term of endearment, a term of love. Even in their sin, he still loved them. Even though they had turned their back, he still loved them. As a parent, I understand something that I didn't understand as a child. That no matter how terrible uh, I, I, I could, no matter what, what decisions I made, and, and how much I, 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 I did things uh, against my parents, I never would have understood that their, that, that, that their love would never fade. As a parent, now I understand, I don't care what my kids do, I may be ashamed of their choices. Uh, I, 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 they, their choices may hurt me, uh, but their choice will never, ever, ever destroy their love for me. Paul says that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. I don't care how far you've gone. We see the tender call, the tender affection, as he calls to the children. Next we see his trustworthy advice. The next thing he tells them, he says, cast ye the net on the right side of the boat. We find it there in verse, uh, 
Where are we at here? Verse 6, he says unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. I don't know about you, but if I had some stranger on the, on the shore, they still didn't know this was Jesus just yet. Don't know how they were blind to it. Uh, but but uh, they, they didn't know. It, so he says, cast ye the... Why would they listen to him? Maybe a memory was sparked. Remember when Peter was out on the boat? Fishing all night long. Jesus comes, he comes into the shore in the morning and he hears Jesus teaching. Jesus says, uh, can you launch out a little bit? I'd like to teach from your boat. And Peter launches out into the deep and Jesus teaches. Jesus teaches, And once he was done teaching, he says, go out a little farther. Have you caught anything last night? He says, no, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. He says, cast down your nets. Peter said, well, because you said it, we'll cast down a net. And the net almost broke because of the fish. Maybe there's a memory of, of that, I, I don't know, but for, but for whatever reason, uh, Jesus gave them some advice. He said, cast down your nets, and, 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 uh, and they began to see the miracle uh, that was performed. Uh, now understand this, uh, it wasn't by chance those fish were there. Jesus didn't have supervision uh, that, that you know, he could see where the fish were in the water. But he had the almighty, all-power knowledge of God. He also had the all, he has control over nature. Remember when he said to the wind, peace be still, and it was still? God, I don't know how, Jesus, I don't know how he did it, but he directed those fish into the boat. And we're not talking about little fish. The Bible says they were great fish. And there was 153 of them. He directed those fish into the boat. God tells you to do something. He is not telling you to do it for no, there's no, for no purpose. He's there to show us something. Here is to show us, to show them the power of God. And notice what happens. The providential success. First, we see that success comes because they were obedient. Verse 6 says, says uh, And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. There never would have been fish with the net if they hadn't obeyed. They cast the net. There was obedience to the to the to uh, to the direction of, of God. And listen, uh, uh, God blessed them in this, and God showed favor upon them in this. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But 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 there never would have been success. There never would have been a fish if they hadn't been obedient uh, to to what what Jesus had said. Uh, so so uh, uh, they were obedient. They did that, and and man, God blessed and showed favor upon them. It, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't perchance. Uh, uh, it wasn't happenstance. Uh, it wasn't just good luck. Uh, there were a fish there because God gave them favor. Uh, I love the word favor in the Bible. Have you ever studied it out? When, when anytime you see the word favor, when God showed favor upon them, uh, it means God blessed in a way that, that, that they had success. Uh, uh, back in the book of uh, Genesis, uh, Joseph ha- found favor in the eyes of uh, the, the, uh, the eyes of Potiphar. Uh, in, the, in the eyes of the the jailer, uh, in the eyes of uh, in, in the eyes of the the, uh, the pharaoh, uh, and Joseph, even though he was in difficult circumstances in all of those places, Joseph uh, found favor in their eyes. Why? Because God worked it out. It was not by accident that Joseph was sold uh, to uh, sold as a slave to Potiphar. 
God directed it. There's a, there a purpose behind it. Think, well, that's just not fair. Uh, why, why would God do that? Because God wanted Joseph to be in Egypt at the right time that he might save the people of Israel. And, in, and because Joseph was faithful in, in what he did, uh, God, he, he found favor in the eyes of Potiphar. He never turned his eyes away from the Lord. He never stopped worshiping God. He, he, uh, even though he went through that difficult time where his brothers tried to kill him and then sold him as a slave, he was still a, a faithful servant of God. And, and he found favor in the eyes of Potiphar. And when Potiphar's wife tried to accuse him of attacking her, he was thrown into prison. He said, well, how's that favor? He found favor in the eyes of the jailer. The Bible says it. The Bible tells us that, that he became the the the, the ruler, uh, meaning uh, they, 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 the the jailer put everything underneath his hand. Meaning anybody that came in, uh, he had control over him. He it was kind of the welcome party. Hi, I'm I'm Joseph. I'm here to you know, I'm here to help you out, get you all set up. And uh, uh, he, there was no place he couldn't go, nothing he couldn't do. He, he, although he was a prisoner, he still had favor in the eyes of the jailer. When the servant of Pharaoh forgot about him. He thought he was left there forever. But then there came a time when, when God gave him the, 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 when God reminded him, when Pharaoh had a dream and he was brought before Pharaoh, and guess what? God showed favor in the eyes of Pharaoh to the point where he was at the right hand of Pharaoh. And was in a place when his father and his, when his brothers uh, came for food, he was able to help them, to, to the, the people of Israel, that the children of Israel would survive. So that he could reconcile with them. All of that was foretold centuries before, but how did it happen? Because God showed favor. Uh, at Nehemiah, when Nehemiah went before the king after the, the Israel was destroyed and the wall was was destroyed, and he was he was saddened about that. The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter one, uh, and he prays for there's four months where he prays and he, uh, he prays and 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 he goes before the king and God has put in his heart what what he wanted him to do, and he goes before the king and he's sad. And listen, as the cupbearer, you don't want to be sad before the king because they're, they're wondering what's wrong with your belly because well you have to taste the food first. And he says you've never been sad in my presence before. Why are you sad today? Paraphrasing, by the way. This is the King James Version. This is, that's, this is just, this, but he says, he says, why shouldn't I be saddened? My, my, the, the, my, the city is destroyed. The, uh, the, 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 walls are, uh, the walls are destroyed. My people are hungry. Uh, uh, why shouldn't I be sad? He says, what would you have me to do? What king does that to a servant? A, a servant who was taken away from their homeland to, to serve. One who God has given favor. God showed favor on Nehemiah. We had a, we had a man come, come here. He, uh, he actually preached uh, for us a couple years ago. I mean, remember the, uh, uh, the uh, character traits, the, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the program. Uh, it, Character under construction. Thank you. Uh, it's a it's a, a program gets can can get you into the schools uh, where uh, you, you go in and you're able to teach character lessons uh, all based upon biblical principles. Uh, and the man who came, uh, I don't remember his name. I have it back in my office. I have his info, but uh, he came and he we go over to pray. We were, we were trying to get into uh, the school right across the the way here, and he goes, "Let's go. Let's pray." And he prayed for the favor of God. Now, we didn't get in. Why? Well, if God had shown us favor and it was God's will, we'd be there. But God didn't show us favor that day. But when God does show us favor, God works in miraculous ways. You can see and know that it's the hand 
of God. It isn't by accident. Listen, God showed favor to these disciples. And Jesus, Jesus said, cast down your net. And because they were obedient, God showed them favor and he filled that net. And listen, any success that we have as children of God and out of obedience of God is because of the favor of God. And listen, you can go out and you can witness and you can tell people about Jesus. You can, you can shout it from the rooftops without the favor of God and the working of the Holy Spirit. You're not doing anything for the Lord. We need the favor of God. They, they had the favor of God. We see the, the providential success. They were, had success because of Jesus Christ. Next we see the proper sentiment. The proper sentiment. Uh, what happens here when they, when they have that success? Uh, notice verse uh, 7 says, Therefore that disciples whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It's the Lord. He, he knew who it was. They, they finally recognized uh, the, 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 who it was. That, that's, that's Jesus. I, I, I get it now. They, they understood. So, so he, he saw the work of, the, of God. He saw the, the, the movement of the hand of God. That's the Lord. How many times do we neglect to give God the, the glory when something good happens in our life? Even when we're away from the Lord, even when God is trying to use those things to bring us back for them, we'll just put it up to, well, you know, good things happen. No, God did that. God's trying to direct you back home. God's trying to draw you back to him. God's trying to get you back in the path that he has set you on before. Or maybe he's calling you to something new. But God is working in your life. Do not think the, the things that happen in your life are by accident. Do not think that, that God does not know and God is not at work because God is sovereign. Amen? What that means is God has his hand in everything. You say, well, but I got cancer and God knows. And as difficult as that is, you and I don't know necessarily why bad things happen. The, the truth is bad things happen to everybody. But God may use that for his honor and glory. Someone might get saved. A child, uh, uh, one of your children, uh, a family member, uh, a, a doctor. Uh, you don't know who God's going to put in your path or why God allowed those things to happen. But I want you to understand that God is sovereign. And, uh, and, and when we see God working, we need to acknowledge who it is. And then we see Peter's response, this humble reaction. And anytime we acknowledge the work of God, we need to have the same reaction. Remember Peter, the, 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 the man who's out there because he led everybody else out there uh, because of his, uh, the guilt and the shame. And uh, he, he decided just to go back to the old life. And, and now he sees that Jesus Christ is there. And this humble reaction, he, uh, he's humiliated by the fact that he's out there. The Bible says uh, naked. He takes his coat and he, he girts it about him. He ties it around his waist and he dives into the water because he's afraid that Jesus is going to see him where he was. Can I tell you, Jesus can see you where you are. And not necessarily where you're at physically, although he can. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit indwells you. He goes with you everywhere. He watches everything you watch. He reads everything you read. He sees it. He listens to the same music you do. That's how we grieve the Holy Spirit. But can I tell you, more, more than seeing those things on the outside that we do on the outside, he sees our hearts. And if, God, if we really understood that God could see our hearts, there are times when we should be ashamed. There are times when we should be ashamed. Whether we're sitting in this building or sitting at home or sitting, sitting in a bar. God sees our hearts. He, he knows the reason you're there. He, he, he knows the reason you're here. 
if, if your reason isn't to, to worship him, if it isn't to serve him. You know, you see his humble reaction. He jumped into the water. Don't you see the provisional supply? As they bring the ship to the end, as they bring the ship in with, with 153 fish, Says, says in verse 9, as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon and bread. And Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have not caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land four great fishes, and 153, and for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus said unto them, Come and die. What's Christ just invited them to do? They've come to the shore. They, they, they've spent all night fishing. They've, spent, and, and God, they've seen this miracle. And they realize it's Christ. They've come to shore. They, they all know that it's him. And what has Christ just, invi- just invited them to do? He says, get on your knees and, and ask for forgiveness. No. How dare you all forsake me? How dare you all go back to the, to the life that you left? Simple. Come and dine. Come and break bread. Come and sit down and fellowship with me again. Peter had already, in humbleness, come to him as soon as he knew who it was. Jesus is calling him back to come back and fellowship with me. Can I tell you, if you're away from the Lord, your fellowship is broken, Jesus wants nothing more than to restore that fellowship. Yes, it takes a humble attitude as you come to him. But God desires that fellowship with you. Now, uh, notice he tells them to bring in the fish. He's already got fish on on the fire. He's already prepared everything. He is ready. He has been waiting. His desire has been to bring them back to him, uh, to to bring back that fellowship. But he he puts something on their plate a little bit too. He says, bring in the fish. He's caught. I'm thankful that God would have me to come a little bit of the way, do a little bit of the work. Come back to me. We see the affection invitation come and dine and their awestruck instinct. It says, Jesus says to them, come and dine, and none of the disciples durst, none of them dared ask him, who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh, and taketh bread, and giveth them, and fish likewise. Jesus sat down. He said, come on, boys. It's time to eat. When we are carrying the guilt of our past mistakes... We negate the service. We make it us ourselves ineffectual in the service of God. We blame ourselves. We're not willing to be used. We don't think we're worthy to be used. And the truth is we're not. Let's just be honest. None of us are worthy of God to use us. There's a single person on this earth that is worthy of the love of God. There's a single person on this earth that is worthy to be used of God. The Bible says that he doesn't use anything 
perfect or pure. God uses those things that are simple and ignorant. Foolish. I, I am foolish. I'm ignorant. I'm simple. I get it. I'm thankful for it. You know why? Because then God can use me. I'm weak and I'm broken. I've made my mistakes. And I praise God that even in that, God can still use me. And what that does is it shows the power of God as he works through a broken vessel like me. Can I tell you, God doesn't care about your past mistakes. God wants you to come back to him. He wants you to come and die. The disciples had to do their part. They had to humble themselves and to come back and sit around the fire. And Jesus fed them. He broke the bread. He passed it out. He broke the fish. He passed it out. The last time he broke bread and fish and gave it to him, we read of both bread and fish, was when the feeding the 5,000. And they were to give it to others, but here he was feeding them. He didn't say, come and give to others. He said, come and dine. I encourage you this morning. If there's something that's hindering you in your life, a feeling of unworthiness, maybe a, a desire to quit and go back to that old life, Jesus is calling you to come in time. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for, for your forgiveness and your mercy. Lord, we are not worthy. We are not worthy. But God, you are good. And your Bible tells us your mercy endureth forever. Father, I'm so thankful that there is nothing that can separate me from the love of Christ. Lord, I'm, I'm thankful there is nothing that, there's no sin that, you're, that you cannot forgive. There's, there's no brokenness that you cannot heal and put back together. Lord, there's not a single person here that you could not use if we would only come. God, I pray, I, I ask that your word and your spirit would work on each one of us. Lord, you know our hearts, you know our needs, Lord, you know our weaknesses and our failures. God, may you have your way with each one of us. Lord, if there's one here today that's maybe struggling because of, their, of, of failures, and maybe even a daily failure, Lord, of just struggling to read their Bible or, or walking with you, Maybe, a, maybe something that they're struggling with, whether it's a, a, a habit, a, a something that's got a hold of their life, a, a stronghold that Satan just they can't seem to get rid of, whether it's uh, pornography or, or, or lying or stealing or, or, or whatever it is. Pride, God, I pray, Lord, that you would help them to see that the only victory that they can have is through Christ. Lord, and through that victory, great things can be done for you. Help us, Lord, to come and die. To come. To sit in your presence. And to be with you. I thank you, Father. Lord, if there's one here today that's not saved, Lord, may today be the, the day that they get saved, that they trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.